We are back, we are back, we are back. It's TMD, Threads and Dreads, which we currently have neither of. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. We are continuing the Threads and Dreads podcast from the road this winter, Snowburden. Yeah. We are currently located at Sense Pizza and Goods. Make sure you're stopping by. Shameless plug right there. Um, but yeah, we have a great show today. It's day after Thanksgiving. How's everyone's Thanksgivings? It was good. Uh, speaking of, we got Sean on the ones and twos as always. Yes, yes. And special guest in studio, my new friend Steve. How I'm, you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Just nice happy, to meet you guys. We are happy to have you, man. We've been, you know, this is uh, this was one of Steve's ideas to get on and talk I, about this new clinic, this new project that he's operating, and it's exciting. We're we're here to talk about it. I love it, dude. I'm excited to get into that. How was uh, everyone's Thanksgiving's first, dude? Mine was chill. Um, Nothing, nothing eventful. We played some cards, some tens and twos. Nothing, uh, nothing some, crazy. Some penny poker, too. That was fun. I crashed a beautiful uh, Thanksgiving at my friend's. Did you really? I did. I got to sit at the table next to his grandmother. So they didn't stick at the mm. kids' table? You there was more of a kids' table type. There guy. was no kids' table. I was warned, though, not to hit on my friend's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I can't say I follow the rule completely, but... A good-looking older woman? I mean, dude, always. Come on. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a fun time. Watched some football, which I don't care about right. at all. But it's and, on. Yeah. And then I just did research learning about ketamine. Yes. Or, mm -hmm. as I would call it, ketanice. <laughs> <laughs> Been working on that joke for 48 hours now. Hey, we need the content, man. I'll take it. Um... So as our segue, Steve, yeah. dude, you got some knowledge on it. You got yeah. new clinic. How long? How long we've been in operation? Uh, we've been open since the end of August, so okay. about about three months now. Dang! So, so we're pretty yeah. new in the game. Pretty new. What yeah. um? What's kind of like a brief overview of what you guys are doing at this mm -hmm. clinic? on a day to day basis? Exactly. Well, on a day to day basis, I mean, essentially we're. You know, providing psychiatric care, and then we're giving people ketamine infusions, okay. essentially. Um, and because yeah. I know you're saying this is like a relatively new thing, are people mm. jumping in? How's like the reception? Are you getting people who are like leery of it? Are people mm. kind of getting more onto the side of ketamine? Yeah, well, it, you know, there's been a lot of news articles recently. There's been one in New York Times yeah. that was really positive. It was big. New York and, Times, um, big, big yeah. distributor. And you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos out there and the, the words getting out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely someone who watched some of the YouTube videos to get a little brief history yeah. and understanding of it. And we were kind of yeah. talking about earlier that, I mean, ketamine's been more in the, uh, hospital realm than in the drug party scene, as opposed to something like acid. Right. So it's always had more of this medicinal purpose. I just found out it only lasts like for people doing it as a party drug. It's like a 25 minute thing. Yeah. It's not that big. I mean, your body breaks it down really quickly. And th yeah. it, that's one of the big attributes to it as well, that it right. doesn't hang around in your system for a long time. Yeah. That actually makes it great to use for psychiatric care because it's a short, um, but very intense episode that, but you can walk out of the clinic, you know, half an hour after it's over and be, you know, mostly sober yeah, at that and, point. Well, and I was going to yeah. say one of the things I was learning a little bit in my 
you know, deep dive into research was that it does have a much more immediate effect as opposed to other antidepressants where right. you have to take it for like six months before you're able to kind of like crack a little bit more of a smile where right. ketamine from my understanding you can see not a immediate results but you do get a more rapid change yeah. in mood and things yeah is that one of the things you think draws people more to it that it's not such a waiting game of let's see if this works and then you know you're doing this ring around the rosy of figuring out what you should take what you shouldn't right. take yeah i mean that's for sure a reason why people are um attracted to it and also because it works when other things don't work so for a lot of people psychiatric medications they're just not effective yeah um, and you have to wait like you're saying months to find out whereas this i mean there are some people who respond to the first treatment and their depression's gone after one treatment that's, an, that's incredible that's an, which is in, yeah. it's such a that's such a rapid like response to yeah, just being able to be like cool this is almost like obviously not gone forever type thing, right. but you do get these more instantaneous results. So you do get yeah. that gratification of, you know, you're like, oh, I actually, you can notice, noticeably feel better, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, and most people, they feel better at least during the treatment. Um, there are some people where their depression's gone for a couple days after yeah. the treatment. Um, usually they need more treatments for that to sustain, but, I mean, what's crazy about it is people, a lot of our patients have been depressed for five years, 10 years, 20 years, yeah. and they don't even remember what it's like to not be depressed. So it's, to be able to come in and get these instantaneous results, it's really, it, it keeps them positive. That has to be such right. a fucking insane feeling to walk out of there. Yeah. If you're someone who's dealt with it for, like you said, 10, 20 years, and then you walk out and you're just, it's, that's such an amazing thing to just give someone that feeling of like, holy fuck i didn't think this even was possible you know right. you're kind of that christmas morning feeling again where you're just <laughs> like holy shit dude this is what happiness is that's exactly and what it is like. yeah. that's so awesome though that yeah. you do get to see those results and people do get that uh that new feeling and that new or re-experiencing that feeling of pure right. kind of joy and happiness not in a completely altered state you know, it's not like yeah. when you're happy because you're just super fucking drunk or something. Yeah. You right. know, it's using, you know, it's kind of correcting that brain functioning and firing and getting all that shit. Yeah. Well, I'm sure right. your guys' goal is, you know, you don't want this to be a temporary solution. It's got to, you want it right. to be something that takes hold. That's right, Sean. I mean, that it's an opportunity and I think we're giving people hope first and foremost. I mean, you know, that's a powerful thing for someone to feel better and realize they don't have to live like that their whole life. Right. Yeah. You know, and Do you, yeah. a question I had was, um, how often if someone's on like a regular routine of it, is there a planned schedule for everyone or is it kind of customizable to, okay, maybe I think, you know, it lasts me, you know, this many days. So I usually go back in or how's like right. the scheduling on that work? Yeah. I mean, it, it varies from person to person. Everyone's bringing chemistry is different. Yeah. So, I mean, it ranges from people come back once a month to once or twice a year. Oh, okay. Depending on how well they it respond depends, to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome though, compared to, you know, having to take a regular prescription every day or, you know, having this constant daily reminder of it versus, yeah, I mean, coming back once every couple months, it's, 
you know, that's a fucking chiropractor essentially. Yes. Most people you know? will take that any day. Yeah. A hundred percent versus yeah. having to, you know, feel this grogged out. And I'm sure it doesn't mm-hmm. have that kind of grogged out feeling that people often complain about with like antidepressants and the kind of that right. weird zoned out feeling. And especially when you get that and you're not seeing a great result either, right. you kind of just feel more zoned out than anything. Yeah. And it, it changes people's personalities. It can change how they act in their daily life with the prescription medications, which, you know, for some people, if it works for them, that's great. But there's a lot of people that they just don't want to live their lives that way. Yeah. And um, the side effects too. Right. Of stuff like that, like Zoloft and shit like that, you know? Yeah. The side effects can be intense, you know, and a lot of people would prefer to do something like this. Is you know? now a question. I know when people are going, if someone's switching medications on regular antidepressants, I know there's the withdrawn stuff like that right. can really cause problems for it's people. Terrible. Yeah. Is with ketamine is if you did it once and we're like, all right, you know, you just don't go back. Do you get any kind of withdrawal? Because I know you were saying it breaks down in your body pretty quick. Right. So I imagine you don't have that kind of material. It's just functioning in your brain more. Yeah, there's there's no chemical dependency with it was great. Um, there are some people where psychologically, you know, just like any drug, they want to keep on coming back. Yeah, yeah. There, there's always going to be the like, habitual addiction. Yeah, you, some people like it a little too much. <laughs> some people like it a little too much, <laughs> which I don't blame them, you know. Um, you know, I've done the infusions myself too for my own psychiatric condition. So had a taste of your own medicine. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, I understand why people. It, it's a very relaxing and therapeutic mindset. I mean, it's a, it feels like you have a vacation from your own brain. Wow. You know? Damn, dude, that um, sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now we do speaking from real world perspective. I should say, like more just like um, putting. You know, we we know we have a friend that's actually going through treatment right now. Oh, okay. A close friend of ours, and it seems to be beneficial towards him. I've actually, cause yeah. I, I, I um, spent a lot of time with him, and I've kind of noticed his mood has kind of taken that. a 180. Yeah, and that it's great. I mean, and you know, especially people who are young and who aren't as sick, it works really well for. You can have a dramatic turnaround real quickly. Yeah, um, I mean, he's he's done two sessions, right? Um, he's done four sessions. He's had so. four already. Oh, wow. Yeah. How um, uh, how long is a session? Um, it's about an hour and a half. I mean, the experience itself is about an hour, but okay. there's some prep time to get the IV and stuff. And but, do all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's really, take an hour out of your day to kind of just really 180 or help 180 your whole like right. mood is, it feels like a very small time investment to really just change. Yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, I think, and there's a lot of people, you know, who are kind of, they're scared of it for good reasons. I yeah. mean, you, if you Google ketamine, you'll find it's, all sorts of stuff. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's, there, so, yeah. but it's crazy. Um, Cause in, from what I was learning about it prior to this, it really didn't even jump on to the party scene. Like we were saying until kind of the early nineties with like techno music and shit like that, right. which I guess it's probably for that euphoric feeling. You can, I mean, ketamine is a very strange drug in that it, different doses is it behaves very differently. Gotcha. So I think like at the club scene, people were taking extremely small doses, which will give you a light Eric carefree. Okay. I can dance, you know, really flowy type of, feel, yeah. you know, it's not giving you, you're not yeah. getting hit with the whole no. effects of what it can do. You're not right. at the club and then you did some ketamine and then you're just the next morning. You're not like, <laughs> My fucking depression's all gone. Right. They weren't taking high enough doses okay. for it to have that kind of effect on and them. It, right. 
it's just such a crazy thing because I also learned, which I didn't know, is ketamine was actually the son of PCP. Yes. So yeah. they basically re- realized like PCT- PCP, super volatile, no surprise right. there, and gave it to ask some dude to kind of rework it. And he reworked it in like the 60s and just fucking. So at one point, was it considered a research chemical? Because it wasn't like. Well, it was FDA approved as an anesthetic. So originally, it, you know, went through the full. It was a pharmacological drug from the beginning yeah. that was meant for anesthesia. Um, and at PCP was too, actually. Uh, but PCP just made people have too strong hallucinations. That's, know, but, yeah, that's what they're kind of saying is right. that it was just too strong. And when people were coming out, they were having a real fucking bad time right. sometimes. Right. And that, yeah, once they figured out like the whole ketamine situation, it just kind of skyrocketed because then they were using it in Vietnam a bunch. Right. They were using Vietnam a lot. And, um, you know, eventually they kind of stopped using it as a anesthetic by itself because they started seeing that people were having these, you know, K-hole experiences, yeah. quote unquote. Um, but even now they still use ketamine mixed with other anesthetics because the patients do better after surgeries when they use the ketamine. With when them. you kind of cut, you kind of yeah. use the, what people consider like the, like the movie anesthetic where it's just like, it's in the drip bag and you have like the fucking anesthesiologist there and they're like, all right, count backwards now. So they kind of cut that with like the ketamine to ease them in and out. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It makes the recoveries from the surgeries a lot better. And, um, yeah. Is that, so you kind of brought up one of my other questions, which was going to be, so people who with K holes were people who are at clubs, you can, they're doing too much of it, abusing it the wrong way, falling into a K-hole. Right. Is that, I know you were saying people doing, doing it recreationally are often using a way small amount. Right. What's the difference between falling into like a K-hole because you did too much at a club versus when you're getting it at a clinic for a medicinal type of use? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question actually. And you know, ketamine, it, it's so fascinating because it's so dose dependent yeah. on what the what you get out of it. And what we're aiming for at the clinic is dissociation where basically you are, you know, you're kind of disconnecting from your, um, your thoughts and your thought patterns that you have typically throughout the day, but you're not going into a K-hole because when you yeah. go into a K-hole, it's very intense. I- Sounds, um, does not sound fun. Yeah, there's intense hallucinations. Um, you feel like you're stuck in a single point. But there is so many um, variations of the experience in between that. And that's where we're aiming for disassociated but not K-hole. Okay, gotcha. Where, so there yeah. is like that kind of fine line of, you Very know, fine. where it's this is the most... Uh, K-hole is definitely you've done too much you've done too much and it's because that's when it just turns sour it sounds like the uh the doses you give people is it based off of weight and things like that it's based off of weight so you know it's all a metric system (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) it wasn't an eyeball it out it's we're at the carnival and you're just like what are you about uh 185 (laughs) give this guy a couple grams (laughs) (laughs) so it's all yeah so we do it um based on weight and then we'll also based on response so we'll do anywhere between 0.5 milligrams per kilo to 0.8 milligrams per kilo and somewhere in that range is everybody's sweet spot is okay so everyone kind of falls in between that zone and it's just kind of dialing in which at least is probably nice because it's 
from, I'm sure there's way more numbers to this, but it doesn't seem like a huge margin of between that five and eight or 0.5 and 0.8, right. you know, line to figure out, all right, you're somewhere in here. Right. Because anything after that, I'm guessing is just. There's too much risk of K-holing and having a negative psychological experience gotcha. have if you, you go above that dose. Have you guys ever experienced someone just off of an off chance having a bad time or just kind of not having the effects they wanted? Yeah, well, it's really interesting, and this is kind of getting into what psychedelic therapy is doing in general and what like psilocybin and MDMA yeah. are going to be getting into soon, which is sometimes people do have, um, they can process their traumas or they can kind of confront some what would be difficult um, thought patterns yeah. for a lot of people, but it's cathartic. So it might be difficult, and it's actually very common for people to have emotional releases where they're crying or they're laughing, but what they'll say universally is afterwards, wow, I feel so much better. I feel like I have a heavy weight lifted off my shoulders. And See, yeah, that, just, and, yeah, I was wondering just because, like you said, it does have pretty instantaneous kind of results, and right. there's always people who just want a miracle drug for everything. It's like a self-realization moment for yeah. some people, yeah. right. So I, want, I was just wondering if there were people who didn't, who aren't as open to it and kind of feel like they're like, oh, I don't think I got it. And you're just like, well, I think maybe you just weren't. Do you have to have a mindset kind of going into it at all, do you think? It helps to have a mindset. I, I've seen it work for people regardless of their mindset. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah. even if you're coming in skeptical or just kind of, you know, not sure. It doesn't really matter. Oh, it, okay. it, it's so potent. It's so potent of an experience that kind of your mindset it can help, but it's usually not going to hurt. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. going to. We're. Yeah. I know with people, they say if you know going into other psychedelic or going into psychedelic trips, that it's like if you go in with a, you're having a shitty day, you might have like a shitty trip. That kind of right. effect no. doesn't. Luckily, it's not like that. And actually, our me and Sean, our common friend, um, you know, when he came in for his last treatment, he didn't want to come in because he didn't sleep that well the night before. He only yeah. had like a couple hours of sleep. Yeah. And I convinced him like, look. You know, come on in anyways. Um, and he was glad that he came in. Like, he was, he had a horrible day. His Uber driver was a prick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> on, I mean, on the way, on the way we're off to a good start. Um, yeah, he, so he was having about a, as bad of an experience coming into it as he could, but he left feeling great, and he was like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, I've seen a big in. change in his mindset. And yeah. I'm, he has sleeping problems, too. Do you think that'll right. maybe eventually, like, if there's less on his mind, maybe he'll be have, you know, less yeah. trouble sleeping? Yeah, so, and... Um, he says he's been sleeping a lot better since starting That's the fantastic. treatment. So a lot was, of sleep problems are psychological. Are psycho I was going to say, I feel right. like kind of helping ease that the issues of things like depression can help in a downfall of a bunch of other things with sleep and just with even like being able to exercise more because you're not right. just sitting there going like, I can't even get off the couch. You do have right. that natural energy that you see other people have right. that you're kind of like, what that, the fuck is that wrong with me? That energy goes into the depression as well. Exa yeah, because right. it starts feeding off each other. So I think it, I imagine that is probably something that you see a lot of people going like, I just feel like I'm in better shape now. You get more sleep. You don't have those burdens on you as much. Right. And that's, and that's actually a huge part of maintaining mental wellness is doing those things. Um, and people who are really depressed, 
yeah, they don't have the energy to eat well. Um, or, yeah, you know, they, don't, they don't exercise. Yeah, you you're know, not going to want to eat well. When you're depressed, all right. those things just go out the fucking window. Right. No one's no one's super depressed and getting, you know, well, let me get a salad. <laughs> They're like, there's no. There's no kale smoothies when you're Yeah, depressed. there's no <laughs> kale smoothies with the depressed people. It's yeah. just chocolate chip cookie dough in a cup. Yeah, on a Big Mac. On a Big Mac. <laughs> with a Big Mac on the side. Yeah. Um, so you kind of mentioned some of the some other drugs that I know people are doing testing on right now to also right. help with um, mental things such as like mushrooms, psilocybin, MDMA. Right. Do you, with ketamine always being more, or at least having the history of being used in a more clinical way, do you like, do you feel like getting grouped in with those other drugs is yeah. beneficial if it's something that kind of deters people from wanting to try it because they think oh i don't want to just do all these crazy experimental drugs what is this is this just people converting party drugs into something we can use medicinally right when in reality it was always just a medicinal thing it just kind of became overused because people had to dance to techno <laughs> i mean I think it, ketamine will always be a little bit more medical um, and it'll always be a little bit different. But to be honest, I foresee eventually where some people will, will give them ketamine to stabilize them. And then at that point, they can do psilocybin or MDMA therapy to try and get to the deeper rooted issues like trauma okay. and things of that nature. So I think that there will be they will be tied together in some degree. Yeah, that they kind of all right. work hand in hand. Right. I mean, because I do. I know people who have had anxiety forever who just microdose psilocybin and it's they're it's a they game do changer. great yeah it's a game right. changer and it's they'd mm. rather do that than take a you know a xanax a valium and just have that laying around and even just having it in your system and kind of i feel like all that shit just kind of sits in your blood forever yeah i'm not a big fan of the benzos and you know they're very addictive and um, another yeah. huge problem and i think that do you think all of the pill addictions whether it's from opioids or benzos have kind of led people down this path of well let's see let's just these are the worst of the right. worst so we're already giving people the worst shit why don't we try and use these other things we've had or have discovered to try and give at least a healthier option. Yeah, and I, that's a big part of it um, is that these don't have a chemical dependency yeah. on them. And the other thing is that the scientifically, the scientific results that are coming out, they're a lot more effective than, yeah. those, than, than the addictive pills anyway. So, so. Yeah. Well, let's face yeah. it. I mean, mental health has been on everybody's, you know, uh, docket these past you know several years i mean like the covid didn't help either people in lockdown people were reporting depression at record highs and they say like something like what four out of five people have some sort of mental illness whether it be depression or anxiety or what have you right. so people looking towards things like psilocybin and ketamine it's it's extremely interesting and to be in the forefront of it must be pretty exciting too because it's still so new it is really exciting i mean and i'm motivated just from how i've been healed by Liz on trying you know i was very sick when i was in college and when i was younger and now i'm better yeah. you know and i can attribute it to these therapies like this it's, no, so i think so. it's so crazy too because it sounds like something that people do say i i'm better Versus mm -hmm. I feel like when people are on benzos and shit like that, like I was saying earlier, you're just kind of zonked out. 
So right. I feel like it's not you're numb. Yeah, you're not necessarily describing. You wouldn't describe it as I feel better. You just kind of don't feel. It's, yeah, you're, you're masking the symptoms. You're not positive. Right. You just went to neutral. Like you're just in neutral. So you mm-hmm. went from negative to neutral, and it's a step up, I guess. But it's like you're not going. Oh, I feel better. I feel a lot. You know, I can enjoy things. And like I said, having that Christmas morning as a kid feeling where you're just like. I'm fucking naturally excited, guys, (laughs) which I feel like people do lack. And it's if this can bring that back to people, I feel like that's fucking dope. It is. Let's do a quick pivot because I know you guys do other types of treatment. Um, You were telling me about almost like they call like a hangover rejuvenation type. uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we also as a kind of like a a side business, we do do micronutrient infusions, which um, probably the most popular one is the hangover cure. And that's what it's called on the on the check sheet. Like Uh, it's called hangover remedy. Remedy. Okay. You guys get bachelor parties coming in and shit. Yeah, we we definitely get some people ready to go out in the town. And um, yeah, I mean, it works. Yeah, that's really interesting because that is a huge phenomenon. I feel like where you see a lot of people who are just hooked up to IV bags, even in like hotel rooms after partying and they're just like yep just getting like getting getting ready for tomorrow (laughs) yeah just getting ready for tomorrow is that has that been have you seen a huge uptick in that of people coming in for the hangover cures and for these you know cure-alls to yeah it's not not a cure i mean what it is is it's it's wellness on demand. So if you want to feel good for three days and yeah, we can shoot you up with some well, vitamins. Wellness on demand. So is, yeah. that all it is? is it just an IV bag or are there actually specific nutrients and stuff? Yeah, there's specific nutrients. I mean, and you know, for the hangover one, we'll give anti-nausea and uh, headache medicine as well. Cool. You, know, you know, so, but mainly what you need is you need electrolytes, you need fluids, and then you need vitamins. Um, and that's how your body can restore itself. After yeah. Just hangover. kind of rejuvenate. Rejuvenate. So, and then just, is that Gatorade a drip bag (laughs) i only do orange yeah Uh, give me him with that orange is that so if someone wanted to get one of those is it just i call like you call in the morning make an appointment or how's like appointments on that work yeah i mean we we have online booking or you can call us and come in and we we take walk-ins too so i mean if you with um for people looking to get treatment on the ketamine side is that something that's like a prescribed like where you're through a psychiatrist yeah so we are a psychiatric clinic so our medical director is a psychiatrist and uh nora finnegan she's our psychiatric nurse practitioner she would prescribe the ketamine so um you do need to i wish we were at the point where if someone just said hey i feel depressed can i have some ketamine that we could do that but yeah that's the dream um, world we're not there yet but you got to go through nora first before yeah. like everyone sees her before the treatment starts yeah she has to make sure that it's safe and ethical yeah to, to i mean it's it, a right? I, it's a normal way of you know just getting prescribed anything yeah. i think and especially right. something even for at the moment that's kind of more taboo do they do blood work or is it just like blood pressure yeah we do we do blood work um you have a lab there too for that uh we don't have a lab there but we yeah, will have there's a we're right across the street from southwest general so we oh. usually just send people over there to do their blood work that's and fantastic. stuff but yeah we, we want there's a few things we just need to make sure that is safe but mainly we want to make sure that they've tried other treatments for mental health previously you know at least gotcha. at least they've like gone to a therapist or they've been struggling for a while it's um, because it is still as DEA regulated, you know, we just, we need to be careful that we're just not giving it to people who don't need it. You know? I mean, and that's, 
I mm. think that's obviously CYA cover your ass. <laughs> well, yes. it's also it's the ethical thing, and it's also to keep this business afloat for the people who need it, that's right. and to not bastardize the name of it more to just be a you know a party drug or something that's that right. they're just like, yeah. oh yeah, we're taking it because we feel bad. It's like no, this is something that people are dramatically benefiting from. So right. when you're able to prove that, you know, I've made other attempts, I've tried to make life changes, you know, right. things that don't necessarily require any kind of chemical change to see if that may, you know, right. people have fallen into funks before and it's like, you know, if you kind of get yourself back out there, you can start picking it up a little bit. So you're not wanting to give it to someone who doesn't necessarily need it. That's right. Seems like the case. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're screening them to make sure that they have some kind of you know, whether it's clinical anxiety or clinical depression or yeah. clinical trauma. You, have you guys um, found a lot of people trying to work the system that you're turning away at all? Very rarely, occasionally. Um, yes, occasionally. It, I mean, yeah. it's to me, it's not necessarily... The reason I ask is because it's not such a street drug that right. people who are going into hospitals because they purposely broke their hand to get opioids are trying to like work the system and do stuff like that. It seems like this is so much more of a therapeutic type thing that it's not something that people are just like trying to get their hand. You're not giving them a bag of ketamine. No, they, you know? <laughs> it's not something you know, what, go do with this, what you want. It's, yeah. you know, it is therapeutic and it's meant to have this very direct purpose for people. Right. So, and it's not, you know, the kid who comes in with the, you know, light up sunglasses and furry boots automatically gets turned away. No, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, we have had people who have history of drug use. I mean, and, and that's fine as long as they're, you know, they're not doing anything other than marijuana, you know, at the time when they're coming in the Heart clinic. Drugs, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah like well, if someone was like, like say like a cokehead or something, would that possibly we, fuck with the treatment? It would. And so, I mean, we do, we do drug test people, but, um, Medical marijuana is prescribable for psychiatric conditions. Yeah, so so we don't, we, as long as it's only marijuana that's showing up on the drug screen, you know, it's, gotcha. we'll still consider them for treatment. But if someone's positive for Coke or heroin, then no, we're not going to treat them. Well, yeah. Anyways. And I mean, because at that point, too, I feel like you're playing a little bit of Russian roulette with, it's like you were they, saying, they are a liability. Those people are liabilities. Those are people are liabilities. Yes. And who knows what the combination of those two things together is also going to Steve knows. Get, well, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not going to fix anything for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you guys, have, you've been open for three months though. Yep. Where are you located? Uh, we're in Middlebrook Heights. So oh. yeah, we're right off seventy one on Bagley. You know, it's pretty pretty accessible for most people. In Very the area. much so. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What um, so you get your ketamine treatment, then shoot down to Fatheads down the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is right down the road. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy yourself a beer afterwards. <laughs> um, what kind of growth do you want to see coming from the clinic? Is there anything that you're aiming to do more of to expand on? Yeah. What uh, what do you kind of see for the future for it? Well, I see for the future is that adding the MDMA and the psilocybin assisted psychotherapy is going to be huge. How close are either of those? I know that uh, psilocybin's been recreationally legalized in like parts of California and stuff. Right. Um, is it been prescribed medicinally at all? Just in FDA trials. Okay. So, yeah, MDMA and psilocybin are both in, um, well, 
MDMA is in stage three and psilocybin is in stage two, which means that they're both a couple years off from being FDA approved treatments. Okay. So, so it's I not mean, that far. a couple years off, which really isn't a crazy, a crazy timeline for, I feel uh-huh. like getting a whole drug, you know, essentially legalized in right. a medical sense for, for medical use. Right. Um, do you think that kind of the climate of legalizing it, like psilocybin recreationally, even legalizing marijuana has kind of helped push all these things into more of a forefront where people no longer see, we're no longer fighting this blanket war on drugs, yeah. which makes every drug absolute poison to you. Right. People are kind of seeing that maybe that was an overstep. It was, I think people are seeing it was a mistake because... Uh, these therapies work and the ones we have don't yeah. and um, people I mean, are suffering because yeah, of that. Yeah, I was going to say, so, the ones that we have that we were yeah. using, especially even that started during War on Drugs were the drugs that everyone just does now that are horrible, that right. just destroy people. So you think it has legalization and that stuff kind of helped push it though, you think? For sure. I mean, marijuana paved the way and, you know, that, and the people who pushed for medical marijuana um, you know, in like the 35 some states that it's been in. I mean, those are trailblazers that help pave the way for this to be sure. That, yeah. do you think we're just on one last marijuana question? Um, do you think that we will see like a federal legalization anytime in the future? Or, cause I would imagine like ketamine right. going through would be on a federal level for prescribing and stuff? Yeah, so I mean, ketamine is federally legal, so it's legal in all 50 states to use. Exactly. Um, so an MDMA and psilocybin, when they're legalized, they'll be, because they're FDA approved, because they're federally approved, they'll soon be legalized in all 50 states as well. Well, it's very um, interesting how these treatments pop up. I've always heard, speaking of MDMA, that started in, it was a specific doctor, psychiatrist, whatever, that was for marital couples and would give it to these marital couples that were having issues. Fuck. I mean, that's probably what it would lead to, but (laughs) it was like tremendous results. Um, And like, that's like so weird how now it's, it's considered, you know, that's, that's the party drug, you know, I've been to a lot of raves. I don't see a lot of people taking ketamine. They do. But it's usually MDMA. Well, I think from my understanding of, at least like on the ketamine thing, and I'm sure MDMA was in the same vein, it's someone invents it, and they have a couple guys there who are helping make this and discover it, and everyone's like, all right, we did it. Let's send it to the actual company. And one guy's like, what if I just take the formula home, though? (laughs) And what if me and my buddies have a little fun with it? Because that's where... It, again, in my extensive YouTube research, it kind of went from Michigan when it first got invented. MDMA? Um, or ketamine. Okay. After it got approved and was being used at, for anesthesia, it was always kind of bopping around as this weird kind of underground party drug. They were calling it like some kind of version of like mescaline, they were saying it was and shit. But yeah, I mean, all those things always just end up popping around. I think when you show the medical benefits of it, though, people stop looking at the person who's abusing it because you can abuse anything. You can abuse anything. That's right. And we already have 
you know, psychiatric medications like most predominantly benzos and Adderall and other stimulants that are addictive, and um, but we still prescribe them all the time. Yeah, and you it's, know, it's like they can be abused and they can be used medically, and, and of, of course. And it's something yeah. that's so easy to just pass around, too. It's, you know, right. it's easy to just keep a couple pills in a pocket and just hand out stuff like that. And America stuff. loves pills, man. That's why this yeah. new, they have some new COVID treatment that's in the form of a pill. Right. Everything can be solved with a pill, you know, that's like... And it's stamped with a dolphin. <laughs> I don't think that's COVID medicine. <laughs> Damn it. That guy told me it was COVID medicine. There's a Gucci, There's a Gucci logo on this. <laughs> yeah. Mine is a Nike swoosh. Is that cool? <laughs> Just do it. It's for COVID, okay? <laughs> well, and, and not to get too off topic, but speaking of that particular pill, apparently in typical American fashion, it costs like... 17 cents to make and they're selling it. They're going to sell it for like $700. Martin Scarali got his hands on it and is just selling them at 60 million. Yeah. Listening to his Wu Tang. Also, I want to, I do in this interview want to address the elephant in the room or should I say the horse in the room. When I was introduced to ketamine, I was always told on paper it's technically a horse tranquilizer. That's the term (laughs) I always heard. So elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so. And that's funny because I've like we have on some of our Facebook posts, people ask, "Isn't this a horse tranquilizer?" Yeah. <laughs> like, which, of course, they use in veterinary, veterinary medicine office, yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, Joe Rogan they don't does do horse medicine. Right. We're fine. And that's the thing, and it gets right. into the whole Joe Rogan thing, ivermectin. It's for horses. He's fucking crazy. Right wing nut job. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that, that really is just kind of kind of blown out of proportion. But yeah. anyways. Um, but do they use traditional anesthesia on animals or is it always ketamine? I guess this is what I'm um, Ketamines are very popular choice because for it, veterinarians. It, yes, because it doesn't stop their lungs from working. So most anesthetics, the whole body shuts down and you have to keep their organs running, um, you know, using machines, which you can do in a hospital on a human. But when you're working on an animal, you want them to keep on breathing. Yeah. So they use to, ketamine. To just um, put them under regular anesthesia and then try and fix them is kind of, you know, they, doesn't work so well because no they're just already dead. Yeah, there's no such thing as general hospital for, for animals. <laughs> this is for true. Um, so is that, Wait, are we talking about that badass soap opera? Of course. <laughs> Soaps only. Um, yeah. Is that... So that's where that comes from, though, is yeah. it predominantly gets used for animals because of the fact... It's just a safer way. It's a safe anesthesia. It's very safe. Um, And ironically, I mean, ketamine is one of the safest drugs on the whole planet. It's incredibly safe to use. There's hardly any side effects other than grogginess and other types of Are there any kind of long-term effects that we're aware of yet? Or I know it's kind of still an early testing. And I'm sure that if you do anything in copious amounts, but just for like regular use, have have they found anything that kind of develops or that it pr- or pushes forward to the forefront right. of people? Yeah, I mean, it's not without risk. Every drug has risk. For some people, it can cause bladder issues for long-term use, um, particularly people who use it recreationally who are addicted to it that way. It can, um, you know, they'll have trouble urinating or painful urinating. Okay. That's really the only common side effect with long-term users. Um, for, for people using it medically, you're very unlikely to, to have any kind of, type, yeah. so you're not getting the like 20 page list of side effects that most other prescriptions have. Yeah. I mean, and you will, it's just the side effects are minor and they only last like the day of the treatment for the most part, as far as long-term side effects go, there's really not very many known long-term side effects at all other than sometimes bladder issues. That's so insane. And yeah. you said even with bladder issues, I'm sure it's, you know, just 
But if you're using it recreationally, it's just building up in your kidneys or whatever. Right. So that's, that's right. what's causing that right. issue. Yeah. And is that is so when people do it recreationally, I know it's usually snorted. Is doing it that way does that cause have any negative effects versus doing it intravenously or muscularly? It doesn't really. I mean, of course, when you snort anything, you're it's, at risk of damaging your your nose, nose. and um, yeah, but. The, I mean, the, the worst effect is it doesn't work as well. Yeah, it's just, it's not as potent. You know, it's not as bio, the technical term is bioavailability. Um, so when you snort it into your nose, only a certain percentage of it's getting to your brain. Whereas if you have it through an IV and it's in your veins, you're getting 100% of the dosage. Right. Yeah, you're, you're getting, getting all of it. Right. What, um, uh, what got you into this? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, just like, I've, like I said, I kind of healed myself. Yeah, because I, um, I remember you saying that was... And, when that, when you kind of saw the effects it was giving you, did right. it kind of, you wanted to open your eyes to like, I want to advocate this? Yeah, I wanted to, and I, it's what I always wanted. I had this business idea that I just wanted to open up a ketamine clinic or a psychedelic therapy clinic. Um, that was always kind of in the back of my mind, like that's my dream job. And then uh, the owner of the company I used to work for sold his company. And I knew he had like a hundred million dollars. So I went, I pitched him the idea of opening up the clinic and he was all for it. You you made a business plan and everything. Made a business plan and sold him on it. And you know, he, he's a big mental health advocate himself. So he was all for it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's something that an angel investor, an angel investor, but it's, it's something that's so beneficial in multiple ways where if you being a mental health advocate, it's something that you're very clearly helping people in a huge life-changing way and also in a business perspective you're also very ahead of the curve on Mm -hmm. you know running these clinics that which i imagine will probably be the way of the future of people seeing all these negative effects of benzos and stuff and i know uh off air earlier you're saying you're the only one on the west side yeah, we're the only ketamine clinic on the west side right now. There's a couple on the east side. Um, University Hospitals has their own ketamine clinic, which is interesting. Okay. That's um, all the way out in Richmond Heights, though. How so. long has that been around for? Uh, I think a couple of years now. Um, so, I mean, like, the hospitals, like, they're they're aware that this stuff works and they're into it, too, but they're, they approach it from a very clinical medical standpoint, and that's not the future. The future is patient-centric mental health care that's, yeah. that's separated from the medical community in my mind as much as possible. I, I definitely, I think that also separating hospitals from that me- mental health advocacy makes mm. people who want to deal with mental health or had these issues, going to a hospital is such a fucking hurdle. Right. You know, people don't, to go to a hospital, if you have anxiety, Nowhere heightens your fucking anxiety than going to a hospital. I hate hospitals. You know? I don't understand how people <laughs> make the decision to make that their career and spend every five days a week in a hospital. But I think it blows yeah. my mind. I hate yeah. hospitals. I think being able to go to like a clinic though, where it's a warmer atmosphere, right. it's somewhere where you're not, you don't feel like you're boxed in and you're gonna get trapped in one of these rooms forever. Right. You know, you're gonna enjoy your time. You know, you're gonna leave and feel better. Um, is, are you seeing it shift that way to just being more of kind of mom and pop shop versus it being in university and Cleveland clinic and, 
you know, it's more independent people setting up these places. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Um, that, and that's one possible future. Um, what I'm worried about is there is a big corporate push for starting psychedelic clinics, which will be, they'll be warm and fuzzy and they'll be super swanky and hip. Yeah, but, but it's going to be, be like model home style, I feel like a little right, bit where, right. you know, the first time you go into Chipotle, it looks cool. And then the hundredth time you're like, I hate being in this building. Right. So, I, I mean, I just hope that there's as much people who are, you know, I, I hope that there's more former patients, people who have been healed by this, who start their own clinics. That's yeah, what so I, that's kind what of I would similar like to, to see. your own vein of, right. you know, seeing what this can offer and wanting to give back to that community or, right. you know, help progress this so you can open the eyes of other people. Yeah. And uh, there's going to be a lot of mom and pop shops opening up around the country doing this. Um, yeah. And, see if you and, feel like yeah, you're on the ground floor. Yeah. I, 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 and I can see it, man. It's exciting. Uh, getting back to the people that you guys treat, I feel like you had mentioned that some of the people that come in have post-traumatic stress disorder, whether it be, right. is this maybe military related or other like, you know, childhood trauma, history right. of abuse. You see a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that's a misnomer about PTSD is that the most common version of it is from childhood trauma, um, right. sort of complex PTSD, um, where it's not just one event, but it's, you know, a whole childhood Your whole life of yeah. going through trauma and it's just built, it's ingrained in you. It's, it's not just a, one of that happened and then you're forever kind of shut. Not, fe- not feeling right. you're good enough or whatever. Kind of right. And then there's some people who have both there, you know, they have, traumatic events and then they have had a traumatic childhood as well on top of that um but yeah i mean there's there's all sorts of different types of traumas out there Um, are when you have people come in is it how are they finding out about it the internet it's a magical thing yeah Um, word of mouth yeah yeah i mean to be honest most people just are google searching like ketamine treatments or um, so people coming in are usually already a little pre predisposed to understanding and kind of seeing where you know what the possibilities are versus getting third-party recommendations from other people to be like hey what we've been doing isn't working you should maybe try this yeah i mean we we get we do get some referrals from doctors and things of that nature but to be honest it's still the word hasn't fully gotten out yet there's lots of doctors that don't know about it that's what i was wondering yeah are there are doctors still super eager to bust out a prescription pad versus telling people like hey maybe we've tried this other stuff why don't you like swing on down people have had some really great effects i think we're probably another 10 or 20 years away from that from from getting to that point yeah interesting damn 10 or 20 yeah but i mean the medical profession is very conservative and um very adverse to change and uh but you know what it doesn't matter because the internet's out there. People can do their own yeah, research. I mean, and you know. I think nowadays everyone gets to see all sides of an issue. Whereas right. in the past, like I was saying, war on drugs, all drugs are bad. And you're like, well, this isn't really considered, this is a medical thing. Right. And everyone was just like, no, it's bad. It's poison. So it's like now with the internet, people are like, well, no, I just read this. People are reading studies. You have the I ability. I mean, they used to say mm-hmm. cigarettes were fine. And they didn't like, oh, yeah, they're fine. They don't. Yeah, well, they're not. Like, that's because they're cool. <laughs> that's because James Dean is cool. <laughs> um, no, I agree, though. It's How we, can something cool be bad for you? <laughs> exactly. Leather jackets. They're cool. <laughs> um, no, I think it's crazy to see that the medical field does kind of remain so archaic in that way of 
not being as open from the sounds of the results and what studies have kind of been showing, it's crazy that they're not just more open to it. It is, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of reasons doctors are overworked. They're busy. A lot of times they don't have time to keep up on the newest research. And That's then, true. Um, a lot of times they don't believe it until they see one of their patients get better. Mm-hmm. And then once they see one of their, how it helped one of their patients, they start becoming a little bit more open-minded to it. Are you guys, I know you said you have some in, obviously in-house um, doctors working with you guys. Have you right. had any other um, doctors or any kind of like medical professionals reaching out kind of? like inquiring about it or you know having a patient that had amazing results and kind of trying to get to the bottom of it or having their eyes opened yeah there's been there's been a few um not too many and mostly they're just too busy to be honest i mean they just don't even i was gonna say i feel like that'd be such a good like fuck you moment to them where you're like yeah your shit didn't work we're out here crushing it <laughs> well, the, i think it's that general yeah. general curiosity is probably why they're reaching out to you hey so what is this all about you know yeah right. i think i mean especially if you're working with someone for a long time and then you haven't made progress and then you see kind of this uptick in you know behavior and wow this person feels better it's like what the fuck happened yeah and i think a lot of them they probably at that point they go back and start reading the research um, that they maybe didn't read beforehand and i think a lot of people wouldn't even read the research because they just hear the word ketamine and it stops right there they're like okay this is you know yeah it kind of gets thrown into that this is so radical idea right right and i feel like like we had touched on earlier being able to even with like medical marijuana now it's like you get people who don't just throw those studies to the side because they're like, yeah, what hippie wrote this? Right. It's like, oh, no, this is another doctor from a very established, you know, clinic or school that they're studying and doing research on this stuff. And they're right. getting, you know, tangible results. That's right. And, I, you know, and the research is out there that on ketamine, a lot of it has been done by, you know, Yale. Um, Mount Sinai, Columbia University. I mean, there's some really big institutions out there. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not just yeah, right. it's not just a guy in a basement somewhere. It's people at fucking prestigious ass places that right. are like, yeah, dude, this shit works. That's yeah. right. Um, so but speaking of the war on drugs, yeah, if you would have told fucking what's his name Nixon 40 years ago, hey, uh, guess what? Not only is your war your quote unquote war going to fail, but uh, people are going to start using this as medicine. <laughs> we actually are just going <laughs> to. Instead of beating it, what if we just legalize it? And that's the zone. Um, Do you think with... Is this still like a very experimental type thing? Or do you think we're in the zone now of like the consistency, the way, the research, it's all there to just... It's waiting to just be the new frontier. Um, or the new norm, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I think it is waiting there to be the new norm. There, there's tons of scientific research. There's you know dozens and dozens of papers at this point for ketamine, and it's been in clinical use for about a decade. So yeah, I mean, I think it's ready to explode and become part of the new standard care of treatment. Do you um, find that uh, people are advocates of ketamine the same way you have? You know, when legalizing marijuana it's everyone's in the street fucking you know lighting joints up so it, you do have this very in your face group of people right i know with obviously with ketamine it's not the same because it's not a recreational thing it's you know for clinical use do you right. find though that advocates of it are vocal in that same kind of way 
Not or do you think quite. that's something they need? Yeah, I think it, it is something that it needs. And I think a lot of people in the psychedelic community are dismissive of ketamine, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, they, they kind of see it as it's, um, I don't know. It's not psychedelic enough. It's not natural. It's a completely synthetic drug. Yeah. So there are some people who are, yeah. they're like, well, you know, we should be doing psilocybin. And, so we, and I'm a huge advocate of psilocybin, and we'll offer it at our clinic when, we, we, when it's legal. But Awesome. Um, with, with ketamine, it's just, it, it's a miraculous instantaneous turnaround for the most severe cases. That's what I was asking. Cause I feel like if, yeah. you know, if I went through that, saw these significant changes, saw this, you know, dramatic turnaround, I would want to be like telling every fucking person I see that, you know, Dude, you gotta fucking try this. We gotta. Yeah. Everyone's gotta have this. If you feel shitty, this shit is the bee's knees. Yeah, it, I feel like fucking the guy in Pineapple Express. Yeah, like, yeah. why don't we tell everyone about this shit, dude? We feel good. Come on. Yeah, and, and people definitely do do that. And I mean, there's a subreddit on uh, on yeah on Reddit called Therapeutic Ketamine, and it's got like twelve thousand people in it. Cool. And it's like growing really so quickly. So it's just it's like yeah. it almost seems now that with the research catching up with clinics and everything opening it's more just waiting for the people to kind the of needs to get out hit the curve and yeah. be like for having you know twelve thousand people on the subreddit for it meanwhile i'm sure there's like 2.9 billion who are just on like r slash weed <laughs> you know it's, but it's like why you know this is yeah. so much better for you and it's something that has this huge medical use for right. mental health that again i would just be trying to tell everyone who feels shitty like yo you should look into this because this is going to help it's going to make you feel better yeah well and, speaking of like you're saying with it not being natural you know that's why people go towards more like the mushrooms the psilocybin also right. the fact that you know Microdosing is the the hot topic. You know that's that's the buzzword these days. And again, right. getting back to people wanting to take a pill. You know now you get this mushroom powder or whatever, the psilocybin yeah. powder that's in right. a pill form, and you just take a little bit. And like people, I think like that whole microdosing aspect to it. Do you think maybe that's what is maybe deterring people from ketamine as well? Yeah, I, I do think that. And then, like it's almost yeah. being too intense for them. They're it could be. That. Yeah, people are are scared of how intense it could be, and I completely understand that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, my worry about the psilocybin microdosing, though, it, is it ultimately it's the same thing. You're just masking the symptoms. You're not addressing the root causes. Um, Great point. Which that's probably a way better way of masking the symptoms, way healthier than taking a benzo or something else. And I, you know, I support microdosing. I think is great. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, for people who have, you know, trauma and anxiety issues, sometimes that's more deep and rooted in the you psychology. Have to, you have to go, go deep. You have to address, not suppress. Well, yes, yeah, there you go. You were, you were mentioning earlier that they can, your, what your thought is that in the future, they kind of work in tandem with each other right. of being able to do ketamine, do the ketamine treatment, have that feeling, and then be able to sustain that and keep that rolling with right. using yeah. things like microdosing. I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah. and just all of them working together right. i just feel like to me i can see where the outside world is like so you guys want to do ketamine and then the next day you're just going to do mushrooms the whole time <laughs> it's like yeah but no no it's yeah. so i feel good <laughs> someone's like you know shit yeah but i think the thing that people don't understand is that yeah in small doses you're not gonna 
you're not seeing a fucking dragon no, and your arms aren't all. completely paralyzed. Right. You just, hate when that feel, happens. you just feel complete. You feel normal. You feel a regular sense of happiness. Right. That was kind of lost due to lack of chemical or fucking neurons misfiring or whatever the case may be. Right. And then, uh, and yeah, the veil has been lifted. That's the way I like to describe it. Cause when you're depressed or when you're really anxious or when you're consumed by a trauma, um, your real self is essentially just blocked by these symptoms. And mm-hmm. if you can relieve those symptoms, then your true self or your real self can shine through easier. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's great. That's um, so wild to me. I just, yeah. and I think like you were saying with people being intimidated of, you know, Sean was saying doing the pills is just so easy. People might be intimidated of doing the ketamine treatments. Mm. I think things like saying it old wives tales of like it's horse tranquilizer or you just gonna fall into a k-hole everyone's like well i don't want to do that it's when people realize yeah that's doing too you've overdosed essentially yeah that's what a k-hole is overdose on anything it's not going to be good no one ever is like i overdosed and it actually was much better for me (laughs) well this has been super enlightening we're coming up on time but steve i want to thank you so much for coming in we probably should have done this at the beginning but uh if you just want to wrap it up just Say your name, your title, and the name of the clinic, just for yeah. everybody out there. Yeah, a little, little plug for us. Yeah, so uh, yeah, my name's Steve Santala. I'm the executive director of New Pathways Clinic. And, um, yeah, Ivy Restoration is where you can also find our micronutrient clinic. Um, but, yeah, we're in Millbrook Heights, right across the street from Southwest General Hospital. So awesome. look, yeah, look up the website and give us a call. Dude, thanks again. Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Or anything you'd like to say to the fine listeners out there? Now, I would just uh, say, you know, keep your options open in mental health. You know, there's lots of new treatments coming out and, you know, you're not stuck taking pills and going to therapy if you don't want to. So, dude, yeah. I love that. I feel like I learned so much. I have a better understanding we did of, today. of ketamine and just better options for people. Um, I'm definitely sending some people your way, dude. I know a couple couple guys. They're that, interested. They're going, they're coming down. If anything, at least for some hangover cure. <laughs> that I can promise you. Um, no, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you. You're always welcome back. Uh, I always want to hear more about what we got going on the yeah. forefront of some alternative medicines versus just our, you know, big reliable big pharma. Right. You know, <laughs> something a little more grounded to, you know, not completely getting you on the addiction chain. Right. Um, as always, go follow us on Instagram at Threads and Dreads Pod and go give us $5 so we can pay beautiful people like Steve to come on this show. Yep. And you can do that at patreon.com backslash Threads and Dreads. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Sean, for recording and being a genius. It was my pleasure. You're an engineering mastermind. And Steve, again, I can't thank you enough, dude. That was, I feel enlightened and hopefully feeling happier soon. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.